Welcome to the Kingsford Flivver Flash. I'm Coach Van Dusen. This is a Coach's Corner. Sit down with Coach Rick Pop. The Kingsford Flivver Flash is a podcast dedicated to highlighting and celebrating all of the amazing things surrounding Kingsford football. The Kingsford Flivver Flash talks with players, coaches, and other figures close to and invested in the success of Flivver football. Located in Michigan's beautiful Upper Peninsula, the Kingsford Flivvers have a reputation of being a powerhouse in the UP and fearless against any opponent, regardless of size. Pride and tradition runs deep in the Flivver Nation. Let's get after it. Well, I've mentioned before, and I'll say it again, the Kingsford Flivver Flash has really been a great opportunity for me to have some just amazing conversations with some even better people. And this week is no exception. Uh, We have Coach Rick Pop with us. He is a volunteer coach here for the Kingsford Flivvers. Uh, He left the area uh, after high school, went up to Northern, and then did about 30 years with the Ford Motor Company. So there is a link even in his uh, career back to the Kingsford Flivers. And we're just so thankful to have him with us and great to have him with today. So we got Coach Rick Pop with us. Uh, Coach Pop graduated at Iron Mountain High School in 1983 and graduated from Northern Michigan University in 1988. So thanks for coming on the show, Coach. All right. It's my pleasure, Coach. Hey, so tell us a little bit all about your football playing days. I know you played at Iron Mountain High School and then you played at Northern. So just kind of walk us through the uh, the overview of that. All right, I'd have to start with just saying how blessed I was. It's just a flat out gift from God to be, uh, you know, of a great family, great coaches, teammates, and a community in Iron Mountain, Kingsford, Dickinson area that not only supported athletics but loved athletics with a passion. So as you mentioned, I grew up in Iron Mountain. Um, in 1980, as a sophomore, late in the season, I was brought up to the varsity. It was kind of my first exposure to kind of a big time. Now, unfortunately, back then, there were only four classes of uh, football. And Munising was the Class C state champ that year, and Norway was the Class D state champ that year. So my first two experiences were more losses. The next year, my junior year, a crew of athletes, you remember maybe my brother Bill, uh, Bob Lancey, who ended up playing at uh, Wisconsin and then played in the NFL with Philadelphia Eagles. Nicky Johnson went to um, Central, Danny Bianco went to Tech. We always had Flaminios around back then. Carter was uh, was a really a stud back then. Bubba Mishad, Timmy Daniels, and Tony Zaghetti. Every one of those guys and more played college football after high school. So we were undefeated. We got upset in the state semifinals by North Muskegon with a field goal with 14 seconds to go, and I'm almost over it uh, 30, <laughs> 40 years later. My senior year, um, we had another, you know, going undefeated, our only loss to those darn Kingsford Flivers, who we were 8-1. and one. And back then, one loss kicked us out of the playoff uh, run, which was, sure. which was unfortunate, so we didn't even make the playoffs. And names like Bobby Mariucci, Craig Allen, Jeff Harry, who uh, you know some of those guys, very, very important in the Kingsford system. I went to Northern. I was a backup for a couple of years, saw some action as a quarterback. And then I started and was captain the next two years. Highlight there was 1987. We were the top team in the country for six weeks, rated number one in the country, and uh, just had uh, just a great uh, experience. Got beaten in the national semifinals out in Portland, Oregon. Um, and you know, one of the greatest honors of my life was being named most valuable player by that team, by those coaches, and by those teammates. Um, so that was uh, that was my experience. 
That's uh, that's really awesome. And talking a little bit about quarterback, um, what similarities are there playing quarterback in high school versus playing in college? I know a post route's a post route, but in college, I know it gets uh, a lot more complex. And you can see that complexity build from the fifth graders playing football through the freshmen, JVs, and the varsity. So what what is it like at that next level? Yeah, I think you nailed it, John. The you know, there's always that leadership role of a QB just by the design of the game and design of the offense. You know, a QB has to be a leader, whether it's high school or in, in college or even off into the pros. Uh, you need to know the entire play versus only your job. You know, some positions you can get by by just knowing your role and in, in, in getting it done. But you nailed it. It gets complex. The the more complex and reading a defense and especially disguises of defenses. You know, defenses are trying to fake you out all the time, just like an offense is trying to fake out a defense. So you spend a lot of time in college and then in the pros watching film, hours and hours and hours watching film. Uh, the speed, you know, the speed of needing to read and getting rid of just the players. And, you know, and I played at high level D2, but at D1, it's even that much faster than obviously the NFL. It's even that much faster. I'd also say that the physical demand, uh, and not so much as a quarterback, you know, uh, being the strongest guy in the world, but being able to take hits and being able to bounce back and bounce back in the game and then bounce back for the next week, you need to be physically capable of handling that. Um, and those are the things that come to mind, I think. It's just that added level of complexity and the speed and physical demand. And, and also, I love playing defense in high school. You just can't play both ways. <laughs> they, they protect you as a quarterback once you get out of high school. Right. Yeah, you mentioned the speed, and that's where I'm amazed when I watch the NFL and watching the referees specifically. I had Nick Guyon on, who has coached high, or, uh, ref high school football for years, um, and just the speed at what – what happens at the NFL. And you know what? Most, most of those guys get it right the first time at game speed. So uh, I'm glad you mentioned the speed, you know, you watch, like I said, the fifth grade, uh, even there's a huge difference between the freshmen and the JVs and the JVs and the varsity. So absolutely, you bump it up a couple levels and uh, you know, hats off to the ref, if you will, unless, unless we kick the ball <laughs> yeah. out of bounds. So tough job, thankless work. <laughs> yeah. So what are, uh, what are some of, the big differences. I know being a high school athlete, like you already mentioned, one where you play both ways, offense, defense, you're probably on some special teams. Uh, at Kingsford, we're the same way here. If you're an athlete, you're going to be on the field because we need you on there. And you're also going to be playing basketball or wrestling. Uh, you're probably running track or playing baseball. You're probably doing some kind of uh, summer sport. So what are some differences of playing uh, quarterback in college versus being that all-around high school athlete? Well, I, I, I really subscribe to the all-around athlete model. I think the fact that I played multiple sports only helped me be a better quarterback and a better athlete as I then went and played college and focused just on the one sport. Um, you know, I think, I think it's just critical. Now, the good news is once you can focus, you're really, especially on the physical wear and tear of the body, and, and also on just being more precise on what you're trying to do. So I was able to throw the ball more and take care of my arm in a different way. Um, but I, I'm not one that really does uh, get too fired up about specializing. I understand it, and I think it's important that once you get to the elite level, you're going to specialize. But uh, I don't think I have too many uh, words of wisdom when it comes to uh, that kind of a difference. I do. Uh, I just know that the time in, in focusing on film and being able to focus on 
the technical aspects of being a quarterback. You just you didn't have as much time as I did in high school to be able to play all those other sports. Oh, absolutely. And I don't I don't know a high school coach in the country, and I'm sure they're out there, but I don't know one that does not encourage their players to play basketball or wrestle, hockey, track, tennis, all of those things. And just having the kids out there competing and learning how to be a competitor, I think it's, uh, you mentioned it, the all-around athlete, I think is so important when it comes to high school sports. Absolutely. And I, th- I think that's why places like the Upper Peninsula still really believe in that because there are specialties you know these leagues whether it's aau basketball or whether it's travel soccer and travel basketball i mean these kids are quite often forced to choose because of the time commitment you just don't have the time to play other sports and you know there's some benefit in that absolutely and i think you know traveling i did it with my son in soccer traveling to many different cities and even countries and having them play there's an added benefit to that but i think you lose when you can't play all around sports so i just encourage anybody listening to just keep pushing for that multiple sport multiple experience i should say even outside of sports yeah i like that that term multiple experience you know and we look at some of the bigger teams that we played i menasha comes to mind just because i was up in the booth while they were warming up and they had a starting defense against a scout offense and a starting offense versus a scout defense and their specialty uh, kickers, snappers, placeholders, they were off to the side. And when they came off of offense, 11 guys jogged off the field. So I see even at, at those bigger schools, sometimes your experiences might be limited just based on the pure number of players competing for a spot. Yeah, absolutely. And then I'll kind of maybe jump off script a little bit here that I was so amazed by our clever football players there this past season. And they were um, they were undersized, had low numbers and were playing you know, both ways. Some of the guys never came off the field the whole time. It was really, it's actually hard to coach that way because you don't have time to talk to your quarterback or you don't have time to talk to you know, your line together because they're just constantly playing the whole game. So even though we had some tough, tough losses, we had some, some good wins, I think overall I was just really impressed with how the kids, despite that disadvantage of not having the numbers, uh, just still battled throughout the year. Right. And, you know, I can I can say the same thing about the, the JV squad. Uh, probably the only time I got to talk to any group of people was the offensive and defensive linemen. We were pretty good at swapping them out. Um, but you're right. There's, you know, like I said before, if you're an athlete, you're on the field and coaching it up during the game is is pretty tough. You get a timeout or you get a halftime um, and that's when you can make your little adjustments. But otherwise, it's you know, whatever you prepped for that week, that's that's what you're going into the game with. So um, tell us a little bit about just going back and forth. We talked a little bit about um, your Wildcat days and tell us about your first round playoff win in 87 down in. Is it an Angelo? San Angelo, San Angelo, San Angelo, Angelo State, Angelo State in San Angelo, Texas. Um, it was one of these, you know, exciting, of course, you're in the national playoffs, Um and uh, I'll just get right to the highlight. At the end of the game, there's just minutes to go, and we're down by seven. And um, and Jeff Harry, who's uh, you know a coach on the varsity, taught at Kingsford for a long, long time. But he he was one of my teammates there. Not only did we play in high school together, we played at, at Northern Michigan. That's awesome. As did Bobby Mariucci and Bobby Moore. And so it was really a, a joy to be able to do that. But anyway. So Jeff's going against Pierce Holt, who ended up playing. He was All-American and played at the NFL for the 49ers for years after we played him. But Jeff's just battling against this 
animal of a defensive lineman all day. So we, we're backed up uh, 94-ish yards to go with minutes left in the game to tie the game. And, uh, and I remember before, before actually we got the ball, I'm warming up on the sideline, and these little kids were just mouthing off to me from the, from the fans, <laughs> from the stands. And they're saying, hey, you're going to lose, hey, 18, you're going to lose. And I looked at them and said, all right, I'll bet you guys a dollar that we're going to win this game. Okay, we're gonna bet. So anyway, we get the ball. It was a punt. We get way back on our own, you know, the six yard line. I think, and we we march. Our starting fullback was in the hospital. Our starting tailback was on the sideline. So we had two backup running backs. We were banged up. And anyway, we make the big long drive. We end up scoring with the final seconds. We put in an overtime, and then we actually win it in overtime. So we're all jumping around on the field, all excited. We're gonna go to the you know national semifinals. I look and there's these two little kids, their dads had forced them to come up to me and they're holding their dollar in the middle of the field <laughs> in, this cr- in this crowd. And I thought it was the cutest thing. I said, all right, guys, I give a big hug. You know, it said, hey, you can keep your dollar. But, you know, the games are always fun, but memories like that that you just don't expect are kind of what make everything so special. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, it's uh, looking at the JV year, we went down and, and beat Menominee, which was is always a big, it's always a big game regardless of level. Um, but my son was on the sideline doing the water and the tea and the block and whatnot. And at halftime, he had gotten some nachos. Uh, so he's sitting start of the third quarter, just, you know, chowing down on these nachos, loving every second. And um, Menominee called a timeout, I think. And uh, Coach Murdoch called for water. Well, James didn't hear him. You know, he's he's uh, eating his nachos. And the, the whole crowd at Menominee, as you know, uh, if you're the visitor, they're about six feet away from you. On, in those stands and uh, everybody's looking at James and I go, James. And he looks over and realizes what's happening and throws his nachos down and the whole crowd just erupts. Like I remember stuff like that more than I remember, uh, you know, a big pass play or an interception or whatever. So yeah, that's funny. Um, so oh, as a quarterback, you never forget interceptions. That's the only exception to the rule. I still pout about those things. Right. Right. Uh, I know uh, coach Olson, He'll tell you about, you know, of all the things he remembers, there's a there's an interception his JV year against uh, Iron Mountain, of all things, and that's that's the one thing he he really remembers. But now, <laughs> you you were a football player all through growing up, uh, but then you went on to work at the Ford Motor Company, which is is pretty neat. Can you just tell us a little bit about uh, your experience and what you did with the Ford Motor Company? Yeah, for almost 30 years, I was in human resources, and there's various aspects of human resources, but much of that time was essentially coaching, you know, whether it's coaching individuals or co- coaching teams or facilitating strategic planning discussions with leadership teams. And, um, and, and, then, and while I was doing that, I did some coaching, you know, with youth, youth sports with my kids as they were growing up. So I stayed coached to some of the, or stayed close to some of the young, young experiences in basketball and football, especially, but helped out with, with baseball and that kind of stuff. But I gave a coach, I gave a talk last summer uh, at the West Iron football camp, coach Baruti there, who also was one of my teammates at Northern, um, asked me to give a talk and it, and it made me sit down and write down some thoughts and, and what I pulled out of that as I was thinking about it is how similar the business world is or nonprofit world and sports. Now, football is my dearest love, but it doesn't have to be just football. And when I wrote down the thoughts around these lessons that I learned and I didn't realize I was learning at the time in football that I was able to apply to my life and then also observe it with so many leaders and so many teams that I had coached 
for almost you know over 30 years and 40 years if you count my my coaching experience when I was younger um, and and some of the ideas I wrote an article about it and you can see it you know at my website but um, two of the main points were one was being coachable being coachable and so advice to young people it, the first one was being coachable so often in the workplace I would see people who never really were comfortable being coached they hadn't had that experience as a youngster and it's hard as you get older to then have somebody critique you right and, and, and being coached doesn't mean you're blowing it so Usain Bolt I use that example all the time fastest human being that ever lived he's got a coach he's trying to shave you know one one hundredth off of the world record in a hundred meter dash right so he has a coach it's it's this Olympic model that says no matter how good you are how bad you are you are trying to get better and so to be coachable, to be aware of where you're doing well, be aware of where you're failing is fundamental. And the earlier that young people can get that, the, the way better chance they have as they get older to be able to get better in whatever field they choose. If they stay in sports or they get into medicine or they get into, you know, whatever it is, if they're going to be an electrician, how do you even get better? So that was one of the nine points that I gave. The second one was being a great teammate. And that's the other thing that the sooner people learn that, the better chance they have at having a better marriage, being a better parent, you know, being better in whatever profession they choose, being a great teammate. You know, and a great teammate as you're young, you know, are you more interested in being all state than being a state champion? And I learned from mistakes. I remember when I was in high school, you know, I, we, like I said, we were winning all the time. Not only were we undefeated in football, we were undefeated in basketball 24 and 0 when I was a junior, we're 18 and 2 or 20 and 2 when I was a senior. I mean, we won a lot. And I remember times when I was getting a little too worried or too focused on being in the headlines or getting the recognition or being all conference or being all state. And I remember it, it hurt me as I was a senior and, and you know, your, your teammates and your coaches and everything, they pick who's most valuable this month, most valuable that. And here I'm all state in a couple sports in the senior banquet. I didn't get, you know, most valuable, whatever for any sport. And it was less about me as a player. And it was more about was I being the type of person that people really valued there. Now, there's a longer story to it, but that's why when I, I fast forward and I was the MVP at Northern Michigan, you know, I didn't expect it then because my focus at that time was being on a national championship team. It wasn't being the All-American. And so those kinds of lessons, whether you learn them by doing it right or learn learning by doing it poorly, those are two of those nine points of being coachable and being a great teammate. That whether in the workplace or whether in sports, and again, I love football because of the diversity of type of player that needs to come together to make the team. But it happens in basketball. It happens in, in even wrestling where you think it's an individual sport, but these guys are cutting weight and, you know, doing weight classes different so that the team can win the match. Yeah, absolutely. So that, that's some of the things that come out, no matter where you're coaching, um, workplace or in sports, the earlier these kids can, can learn these things, the more of a chance they're going to have fulfillment in life. Yeah, that's that's a really uh, interesting point. And I think that, you know, that was in the 1980s, I think in the 2020s with Instagram and Snapchat and the kids all have their own huddle highlight reels. I think that's that's a even more important point to drive home. Uh, are you playing for the name on the back of your jersey or are you playing for the name on the front? 
because we need 11 guys on the field who are playing for the flivers, not necessarily, you know, if you play for the flivers, the name on the back will take care of itself, just like it did you with the uh, MVP title at, at NMU. So, um, and I, you know, there's a ton of similarities you mentioned between the business world and coaching sports, ton of similarities between football and the army being in the army for 20 years. uh, All you do is work with teams and it's the same. I just wrote down three things. It's always the same three things. It's, it's leadership, it's trust, and it's owning your actions. If you make a mistake in the army, it could cost somebody their life. If you make a mistake, you know, at left tackle, it could cause an eight yard loss and a sack on your quarterback and being able to own those mistakes kind of rolls right into your first point of be coachable. So it's a really great point coach. Well, and then John, I, especially someone like yourself, the military is a whole nother level of importance on the same message because you nailed it. I mean, if, if, if we screw up in playing football, you lose a game. And then you screw up if you're in the military or you're in, uh, you know, you're in uh, public service. If you're police, you know, if you're firefighters and if you're not pulling for your teammate there, um, you know, there are there are dire consequences. And so I just uh, I always honor people like you. I was never a military. I never went into the military. But uh, you and all the others that, you know, that have lived that. I just can't thank you enough. And it is another level. But you're right on. That's You learn that early. And again, you have you have you have a better chance down the road. Well, thank you for that. And, uh, you know, like you said, whether it's a football team, a basketball team or the business world or the army, it's be coachable and be a good teammate. I think those are lessons that can, uh, you know, they they go wherever you go. Those are are two things that you can always do. So thanks a lot for getting up so early. And I know you're uh, you're down south right now, but I sure appreciated uh, talking with you this morning. All right, John, it's been my pleasure. Uh, God bless you and God bless everybody listening. All right. Thank you, sir. All right. Take care. Bye. Well, that was a great conversation with uh, just a great man and a great coach. And we're very thankful to have him helping us out here at Kingsford, especially with his football knowledge and also his leadership experience and uh, coaching ability on all of those fronts. So I'm going to put some links down in the show notes for rickpop.com as well as his Twitter handle. Down in the show notes, you can also find all the social media links for the Kingsford Flivers, uh, the football team. We have Instagram, we have Facebook, and we have Twitter. We ask that you give us a like, a thumbs up, a double tap. Uh, You can tweet at us, you can email us, you can do all the things that are good. And also, just as a quick note, we'll be pushing out the Kingsford Flivver Flash for the next few months here every two weeks. So instead of publishing every Tuesday morning, it'll go out every other Tuesday. Just want to make sure you knew that. So if you are an avid listener, you didn't think you were missing an episode. Until next time, it's Coach Van Dusen. Invest in tomorrow by owning today. Thank you for listening to the Kingsford Fliver Flash and supporting the great game of football. To find out more, follow Kingsford Fliver Football on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Links to all of our social media sites are available in the show notes. You can also email us at football at kingsford.org. Be sure to subscribe to the Kingsford Fliver Flash wherever podcasts are available so you get notified every time a new episode is published.